All right, Charles Dickens, or as I knew him until like last week, Darl's Chickens, the guy from Matilda, was born in 1812 in Victoria area, England, and he went on to become one of the most prolific authors in history, with five books in the 100 most beloved novels of all time, according to the BBC's 2003 Big Read poll, only matched by Terry Pratchett. In this poll, almost one million people were surveyed to find the United Kingdom's favorite book. Coming in at number 17 is Dickens' most beloved novel and the subject of this week's podcast, Great Expectations. Hi, I'm Zane Seelor, back with random books and other stuff. This week, we have a very special episode prepared for you, as it is the first and also likely last ever episode of this remarkable show. My horrible quality microphone is going to get some use. This week, we'll be talking about the novel Great Exhortations by Charles Dickens. In case you're unfamiliar with this novel or simply need a refresher, Great Expectations follows the orphan Pip as he matures, going from an old woman's servant to a blacksmith's apprentice and to a lawyer, and so on. This novel was, and still widely is, praised for its interweaving of characters and plot lines, with murders, surprise parent reveals, and more happening through the course of the book. Now, this is not an issue I have with the book. It was an impressive feat of storytelling 150 years ago, and remains an impressive feat of storytelling today. Although, it does stretch suspension of belief a little bit sometimes. It's like, come on, you're telling me the mysterious mother of the main character's love interest happens to be the housekeeper of the head of the law firm that Pip works at, whose baby daddy happens to be an escaped convict that Pip had once when he was seven, and also happens to be the mysterious benefactor who made Pip a gentleman, and this convict's mortal enemy just might be the old lover of the love interest adoptive mother who was much older than him. Good for her, I guess. Don't get me wrong, it's cool and it makes for a nice eureka moment when you discover something new, but it's a little too coincidental for my taste. But I'll admit, that's a little nitpicky, it's not too big a deal. Anyway, on to my main gripe. Charles Dickens was paid by how much he wrote. There, that's my problem. Now, this incentive was taken advantage of by Charles Dickens in an extreme way, leading to the wordiest book I have ever read. And of course, that makes it boring and long and all the other common stuff that comes with old books. But the main problem with this is the difficulty of reading for an accessible audience. As I glanced at the page, I entered a trance. I would read for minutes upon minutes. My eyes would just slide across each and every word. And at the end, I would have no idea what I just read. My, my mind was absorbing every word, but it wasn't comprehending it. Also, you know, it was mind-numbingly boring to read. So I decided to get the audiobook, and I am extremely glad I did. Although the narration helped, it was still immensely easy to zone out and miss large sections. At one point, I essentially missed half an hour, but was able to hop back on without a hitch because the plot had barely moved. You know, I just wish the words had, like, purpose. One of my favorite writers, as an author, not a person, is Orson Scott Card, the creator of the award-winning sci-fi novel Ender's Game. When I listen to his audiobooks, I don't need constant concentration to understand them because the words all have purpose. Each word means something and allows the reader to engage with the story in a way that, in my opinion, isn't possible with much wordier books. Okay. There we go, my main problem. I'll make sure to hit Mr. Dickens up with my complaints. As a side note, this was written in the 1860s, and yeah, it shows. And no, I'm not talking about the fact that nobody has iPhones or nobody speaks in slang. I'm talking about the misogyny. Many of the women in this book are depicted as either brutish, incredibly passive, incredibly cruel, or just some other like incredibly negative character trait, or stereotypical. Additionally, the men in the book see the women as primarily objects, with the main character preferring the cold-tempered Estella 
over the sweet and kind Biddy because Estella was prettier, and I quote, Biddy was far too plain. Pip even admits the nonsensicalness of the situation, saying, I loved her against reason, against promise, against peace, against hope, against happiness, against all discouragement that could be. Come on, Charles. Get woke. But yeah, that's all I got. How about we roll the credits, me? For sure, me. This episode was hosted by me, Zane Silor. This episode was written by Zane Silor, who is me. Our editor at Random Books and Other Stuff is Zane, that is I, Silor. Helping produce this episode was the wonderful Silor, first name Zane, who also happens to be myself. Our fact checker for this episode was nobody. We don't have that big a budget. And finally, special thanks to Simon Vance for narrating the audiobook, saving me over 18 hours of my life as I listened to his oh-so-soothing voice, making me feel safe. And also to Miss Payne, my manager, for helping me get this episode out on time. I spent way too much time on this episode, but you know what they say. Suffering has been stronger than all other teaching. Well, really only Dickens says that, but what the heck, let's humor him. Anyway guys, the ghost of deadlines yet to come is telling me that I'd better wrap this one up. So, thanks for listening. We probably won't be back next week with more random books and other stuff. But hey, we're technically on Spotify, so I guess that makes us official. Later!